You're listening to Earful of Dirt, the Major League Rugby Podcast. We're live each Monday night on YouTube, available for download every Wednesday morning through your favorite podcast provider, and always online at earfulofdirt.com. Bringing you the latest news, views, and abuse from across the United States, here's your hosts. And we're live. Welcome to Earful of Dirt. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Corey Munson, coming to you live from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I'm joined, as always, by Aaron Castro out in Arizona and Liam Madigan-Fried from Massachusetts. How's it going, guys? Uh, it's, you know, it's it's going. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, pretty much the same as Aaron. It's going. I'm just on the work grind right now, although I did get to catch some uh, the Massachusetts with Mystic River, so that was cool. Very good. I think we've got that scheduled to talk about a little later, don't we? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. What about you, Corey? How are you doing out there in Iowa? Oh, you know, things are good here. Uh, we're finally cooling down a little bit. You know, we've uh, had some nice fall weather coming in. I got to go out and uh, watch our lo- local club play this weekend and uh, – had to watch a tough loss for the headhunters here in Cedar Rapids. They uh, they fell to Iowa Falls, but that's okay. They got back up and are back at it next weekend or in a couple weekends. So they got to love local rugby. Pretty similar results. Get out, and, <laughs> get out and support your clubs, you know? Mm-hmm. So I guess if you guys don't mind, I'll just tell a little bit about the show. So this is Earful of Dirt, like I mentioned before. Uh, we do this every Monday night here on YouTube, and then we produce a podcast version every Wednesday morning. That comes out on iTunes and all of your favorite podcast platforms, so you can catch us there. Uh, this gives us a chance to discuss Major League Rugby, the professional rugby union setup here in the United States. It's also a chance for us to check out the issues, talk with players, coaches, staff, and uh, hear from the fans and our friends across the country. So with all that said, Aaron, tell us what we got coming up on this episode. On the rundown, so first thing we're really going to talk about is some club action Uh, Old Blue versus Mystic will take up the majority of that, but we also have some MLR players competing in the Midwestern Premiership and in the BC Premier League. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, The Seawolves appoint Anton Moolman as head coach. Uh, He's South African. We'll get into that. Then MLR strategic partnerships, first with uh, Union Rugby del Uruguay, then with Ligue Nacional de Rugby. And... uh, yeah, I had a chance to talk with James Walker, uh, who is working with Atlanta MLR. And now the reason why we're really here, we're giving away some tickets to the rugby weekend. So as for trivia, uh, I think what we've decided to do is uh, we're going to do some some trivia over the next two weeks to uh, send out some tickets got a total of five. The first two will be based on you getting the answers right. Uh, I'll give you a clue at the end of the show, so you got to listen to the whole thing and enter in uh, on Facebook. You can even email us at earfulofdirt at gmail.com. You can tweet it to us, and uh, we'll pull a lucky winner out to win a pair of two tickets to the rugby weekend in Chicago. That's three rugby matches, people. That'll be awesome. So, without further ado, the question. Who were the original four teams announced that did not make it to the inaugural season? 
All right, moving on to Old Blue versus Mystic. So I had the pleasure of attending this game, uh, considering that it was played in Malden, Massachusetts, which is only about 25 minutes uh, kind of southwest of me. Um, I was really impressed with this game, just like uh, uh, Old Blue had a whole you know, future MLR play. Mystic only had a, about one and a half gear injured for, for this match. Uh, so Mystic's uh, really only true pres presence from an MLR roster was Chris Slater uh, from the Houston Sabercats, uh, who came to spot uh, off the bench in the second half once eventually fallen behind. Now, the end result was, uh, I believe, 52-12 to 12 in favor of Old Blue. And they were absolutely game basically by getting the ball to the outside and just beating Mystic with speed and their ability to pass inside tight window situations, they really took advantage of Mystic's sort of very aggressive, uh, hard-hitting style. And there were times where Mystic was either not committing enough people to the breakdown or else they were just too slow to the breakdown. And that just gave Old Blue tons of opportunity to like open up their, I don't want to say open up their playbook, but just kind of played with their toys a little bit. Now, one guy who really impressed me uh, for Old Blue, and he's going to be coming uh, to, he's going to become familiar to Rooney fans in the next coming weeks, was a guy named by the, well, was a guy by the name of Luke Hume. His footwork in the in the midfield and in out, out in the uh, open field is saying, absolutely amazing. You want to say Eagle, Luke Hume. But uh, the the, re the recent signing for, uh, for, uh, for Rooney. USA Eagle, Luke Hume. That that one. Luke, if, if, if yeah, if you if you want to get mad specific with it, yeah. So USA Eagle Luke Hume, his footwork in the in the midfield was making uh, and with making people miss was just mad and entertaining to watch. And I think he's going to be a fan favorite. Uh, he is a huge reason why Old Blue was able to run away with the opening half of this game the way that they did. And you know, Mystic River often tends to be a second half team, and they definitely showed that they were able to put up a bit better of a fight in the in the second half against Old Blue, especially after Josh Smith gave his usual, you know, rousing halftime speech to the guys over in the corner of the field. But it just wasn't enough to weigh tons of knock-on penalties, especially inside of Old Blues 22. If, this, if, if they had been able to eliminate penalties from their game, it would have been a lot more of a respectable result. Maybe two or three more scores from Mystic, but ultimately it was their inability to defend Old Blue on the outside that absolutely killed them in this game. But overall, it was a pretty good... Pretty good thing to watch. What do you guys think of Atlanta's nickname will be? That'll be a future question. Oh, Dylan, I have no idea. <laughs> but I'll answer that at the end of the show. Uh, Atlanta's getting crowded, but yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah, so for, for me, this is great stuff. Uh, this is what I want to see for a team that's truly loaded with MLR players. And it's sort of the kind of results I want to see from Nyack. I really haven't been paying too much attention to what they've been doing. But the AARP is only a 14 league, and only one of those is eligible for the only three of those are eligible for the national pathway. But really only two because Old Blue does not compete for the national championship because they don't like a back-to-back -back weekend in the playoffs for some reason. Um, but this is what you want to see. This is the kind of dominance over this series of games between Mystic and Old Blue that you need to see if a team has a ton of MLR players and they're playing in an amateur competition, they need to be winning easy, like 20 to 30 points every match. And that's what we're seeing from Old Blue. Conversely, 
uh, when we look at uh, the Seattle Saracens, who have a ton of their MLR players from the Seawolves back uh, starting. And it looks – and it's a bit different. BC Premier League is the toughest league in North America as far as depth is concerned. There's about 10 teams in the BC Premier League. So it's a really tough ruling schedule that goes almost the whole year. However, with like eight different Seawolves starting on the Saracens, I want to see them crushing it by like 20 points, and that's not where they've been. They are, I believe it's two and one, maybe it's three and one right now. Uh, they defeated Maraloma Rugby Club this weekend, 26 to 20 away. And, you know, it, guys, for me, it's, it's just really tough to see wondering what they will look like in January because you're not seeing a team that is stacked playing against a bunch of amateur players, really, in the BC Premier League and dominating. And that's what, that's what I want to see. So that's just me. Um, then you have in the Midwest Premiership, you have a bunch of players playing. Notably, the Chicago Lions uh, have been wrecking the Midwest Premiership. Uh, USA Eagle and Utah Warriors player Angus McClellan is playing with the Lions right now. Uh, they defeated the Tradesmen something like thirty by thirty-five, forty points. I think it was this weekend. It wasn't even. It wasn't close. They've also played. Uh, Columbus Rugby Club and just wrecked them earlier on in the season. So it makes you wonder if there's that kind of dominance going on throughout the season. Is is there going to be a Midwest team pretty soon? It would be nice, but uh, so you have the differing things. And then you have other MLR players playing up in the BC Premier League. Mason Pedersen is playing, I believe, with the Rowing Club. Uh, and so there's – and someone asked me, you know, why are these players playing up in the BC Premier League? It's like, well, you know, Mason had his first cap derailed by a broken leg, and he needed to be in form to get selected for the APC. He was not selected for the APC, which sucks, so he'll finish out his club season and return to Austin in November, from what I understand. Uh, his contract is signed with an MLR club. I'm pretty sure it's Austin, but... I don't know, because uh, we'll talk about Who knows that. at this point who's We'll talk about that at the end of the show. <laughs> found that out last week. But, um, you know, so that, that's that's club rugby, and I think a lot of club rugby this year uh, will be a preview until uh, really November. Uh, I think, you know, at that point, all the MLR players that are going to make an impact will be focused on the Eagles. Uh, moving on to our next topic. Yeah, so uh, Seattle, uh, Seattle Seawolves have appointed a new head coach, and that is Anton Muhlman. Uh, from what we found out about this on Thursday, and from what I'm gathering, he's South African. Uh, he was director of rugby uh, for Western Province Rugby Academy. He was also head coach at Hamilton's RFC, which is one of the oldest uh, clubs in South Africa. So, Aaron, what are you hearing about uh, Muhlman? Well, when I found out about it, uh, courtesy of Matt McCarthy and everything he does at Rugby Wrap-Up, uh, Adrian Balfour was on his show last week and announced him, and I couldn't find him because he said Anthony. <laughs> I was like, what? So I had to uh, do some funny Googling. He is South African. He played professionally in the Curry Cup for several years before moving into coaching. Uh, this appointment seems very similar to to Alf Daniels, 
you know, a in this case, uh, Alf Daniels was the Waikato U19s head coach and U20s head coach and was an age-grade selector in uh, New Zealand. So you have a very similar re- resume right there. Uh, he's definitely a guy that knows how to build an academy, having been an academy director. And if anyone saw the Western Province versus Eastern Province score this last weekend, this appointment probably looks pretty promising. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, w- I would agree with the fact. And obviously, Aaron, you know more about the technicalities uh, with, with his history and his uh, in rugby. However, in my research uh, just today, I was looking up you know things that this guy has done. And one of the things that during his time with the West Province uh, Rugby Academy, he actually took, uh, took, took the time to take his players to the uh, Springbok uh, Experience Museum or something along those lines. And in, he took a whole day just to really teach them about the history of rugby and what the sport really meant to people's culture and, um, and, you know, and things along that line. And I think it uh, kind of like what like you were saying, this is a guy who knows how to build an academy, an academy, but knows how to build a culture. And I think, you know, with the potential that Seattle has with how dedicated their fan base is, if you have a coach who can balance the, you know, the development of a player's skills and build a locker room culture, you know, that's going to be something that's only be- going to be beneficial for a club, you know, in the long run. So this is why that, that's pretty much why this uh, signing makes me pretty excited for the Seattle Seawolves going forward. I mean, for the for the Seawolves, it's I mean, it shows this guy has a high rugby IQ. Shows he knows how to coach, coach and develop young players. Uh, he's played professionally in a provincial championship. Uh, this this was the next move. They needed to appoint a head coach because what happened last year for the Seawolves was a perfect storm of events. I love Phil Mack. I think he's going to be a great coach at one point. But with all the stress that he will be under. Uh, going into um the winter it's it a it it doesn't make sense period because we're in professional sports and you double the length of the season i don't think they would be able to repeat what they did last year i mean i think they're gonna be competitive that 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 roster is going to be would be competitive period but you wouldn't get the same things that you need analysis level wise done and without a head coach that is not also playing on the pitch at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, that, It'll that be interesting. Me, I, I was going to say fatigue will be a factor in there. I'm sure it was probably really hard for Phil to play in a, play a close to a whole 80 minutes of rugby and then go in the next day or the next, over the next few days of the week and actually try to game plan for what was coming an extended season. I'm just excited to see uh, what he does on the field next season, hopefully having some of that burden off of him where he can focus on his position. So we'll see where that takes him. You know, the other thing we caught wind of uh, actually just uh, just today or over the weekend, I guess, is a new relationship between Major League Rugby and uh, France's National Rugby Union. So this is in my opinion, this is a big deal. And you can go to earfulofdirt.com and read a great piece from Josh on kind of where we come down on this. It's become slightly controversial, but basically uh, MLR and uh, France's union are going to be uh, accepting French players about 30 a year over into our competition. And that's going to uh, really bolster, I think, our professionalism and uh, 
give us some great talent on the field and really improve what we're looking at. So I don't know, guys, what do you think? Well, I mean, it's not 30 a year. It's a total of 30 over the next two years. Just so we get that. Um, it, thank, thank you. The, it's really. Aaron, does it uh, include referees though? I know off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I <laughs> inside joke. We've got a French referee in the MLR. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, overall, I found this. Nailed. I found this very intriguing. If anyone paid attention to the Twitter feeds of various MLR executives or team executives, you knew that uh, Thierry Dupont and uh, Nick Benson and Dean Howes were in France last week uh, to continue their discussions with. Uh, Ligue Nationale de Rugby, it's not a new partnership. It is the same partnership, but they've now signed an agreement for at least one thing, and that is, you know, up to 30 French players on loan for the next two years. And this is going to be extremely important, as we've seen. Uh, They just struck uh, the details of uh, an agreement with uh, Union de Rugby del Uruguay uh, to get 15 players up here and spread around the league. Uh, we we needed a talent infusion to because we had a level of play last mm-hmm. year, but we needed to gain and maintain the standards so that the on field product could entice people to come watch. Because we need the level of players to be good enough and skillful enough that we can also raise the level of our domestic players. Because the only way to get better as uh, an athlete is to play with better players. So that's why one of the reasons why let's say Alabama is so good is every single one of those guys is really good. So they're so good. They're competing against each other that they raise their level together. So that's what this will do for our domestic American players, but it's really not a lot Uh, from what I understand. uh, Only about five of the Irwin players have options to stay. Uh, after this next year, the other guys who haven't been picked up yet, but will be after the end of the America's Rugby Combine in Glendale at the end of the month, uh, they will return to Uruguay. From what I understand, based on the chatter, is that they will return to Uruguay to uh, take up spots in the two Liga Sul Americana, basically the South American version of the MLR, as people seem to be dubbing it. Uh, but you know what happens when we, uh, you know what happens when we expand the league by two or three teams next year. We've already got two, so that's another forty playing positions and twenty total slots. So really, we get a big talent infusion this year from overseas, but next year that just dwindles a lot. So instead of being like half of the total slots available this year, next year it's going to be less than a third that are granted by agreement. I have to take into consideration, though, that this might have the positive effect of encouraging other European players uh, who are on fringe rosters or just uh, outside of the outside the scope of the more elite academies over in Europe, uh, and as well as might be eligible for a U.S. passport to come to the United States and actually attempt to play. Um, as we know, rugby players like to talk to each other. That means there's going to be these players coming from Uruguay and from France who are going to 
talk about their experience here in the United States. And that might encourage uh, more and more players to see the United States as in from which they could jump off into the more elite leagues of Europe, especially, like I said, if they're sort of on the fringe rosters of their clubs back home, or if they're just outside the scope of the more elite academies. Yeah. I, I mean, this is, this is good. It's a temporary solution, but it also is a, is a foothold into the uh, you know that market to get those players over here. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we'll be seeing sort of like an MLS effect, you know, in this regard in the next coming years as well, you know, more and more players. We need to spend all our money on David Beckham's of the world. Okay, the LA <laughs> Galaxy is a whole other beast. So let's not even talk, talk about that. <laughs> if uh, any team would do it, I feel like Seattle. Um. So. Uh, moving on, uh, Atlanta MLR. So I had the chance to sit down, well, not really sit down, get on the phone with James Walker of Tiger Rugby. He's working with the Atlanta Major League Rugby uh, project. And uh, it was really it was really insightful to see his way of thinking about what, what they wanted to do. And, you know, every time I talk to a head coach or a GM or a director of rugby I want that's new in the market, I want to see what they're – philosophy is on, you know, upskilling coaches. Uh, I know that's been a big push with Houston and Utah and uh, Glendale. So, you know, his philosophy there was they are going to do some tremendous investment of not just upskilling players, but upskilling coaches uh, as part of their academy structure. Uh one of the things that stuck with me, you know, when we were talking about is sort of, I would say, supporting the collegiate game because they know what is there. Uh, you've got a rising program in Clemson, in South Carolina, and then you've got Life University, which is a really great program uh, just up the road. Uh, so what, what did he say to me? He said, MLR players, like the vast majority of – athletes that are going to come out domestically need to be finished products because there just isn't going to be enough time. It's a bit of a throwing spaghetti at the wall type of thing. Not everyone sticks. So you're going to have to develop crossovers, of course, as part of your academy. But if we look at the level of coaching in the United States, it's not anywhere near where we need it to be. So they are going to focus and heavily develop coaches in the local area uh, here in Atlanta, which is, you know, that's a really big thing for me. Well, I, I like what Atlanta's idea is. And I feel like on some level, this is what experts grand future is to establish roots within a rugby community that encourages, uh, you know, more coaches getting educated, even wants to take from the collegiate programs around that area. And kind of like you said, like MLR play more finished products when they enter the league and this is the only way that it's going to do that is have these players who are playing at the collegiate level get the elite training that they need and not just from you know no 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 offense to any college coaches out there who i'm pretty sure you know are are like who, who i'm very sure are very good these academies set up that gives the proper structure for a player to learn what it's going to be like in a professional environment battle when you enter a professional league like major league rugby is that you need to know how to uh, treat and treat yourself and train like a professional and if this is the kind of opportunity and the kind of education that this academy uh, being set up by Atlanta can provide then it's definitely going to be a good thing 
Um, one thing I do want to point out, though, is Atlanta's starting to get pretty crowded in terms of the sports market. Um, the American Alliance of Football is moving on in to Atlanta. Uh, you still have the Falcons there. I'm pretty sure you got MLS there. Uh, that's going to be kind of crowded. Yeah, we've got an uh, we've got an AAF team moving into Phoenix. That's going to be uh, that's going to be an the hot shots. It's the be- hot shots, you're oh, called. Yeah. They at least they did some market research with that name. I like the logo, uh, but <laughs> yeah, I, same. I, I just it I just can't really get into spring football. I'm sorry. This is like we have seasonality for a reason in this country, um, but uh, you know. Uh, this is the good stuff. Everyone wants information about teams and players. So we had some some players added last week. Mm-hmm. So uh, the one player that I, I went and put myself down on the rundown to talk about was uh, USA Eagle Luke Hume, <laughs> who was a re- recent signee to, uh, to uh, Rugby United New York. He's a former sevens player. And uh, as I said, this guy is incredibly good with his feet and is able to kind of move about. Uh, he's from Sydney, Australia. So, you know, that's a hotbed for rugby down there, down under. Um, Rooney is looking freaking devastating. I got going in there as well. Dylan Fawcett's returning uh, there to the front line of the scrum. So, you know, like this, this addition is, is making Rooney kind of look like this year's Glendale where there's, where you have to think, what team actually has the pieces to compete with this other than maybe Seattle and Glendale? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Luke is, uh, you know, Luke's kind of an old guy now though, but he's still got it. I'll tell you what, I think, uh, you know, if we were in a different place, he could compete for a wing spot on the Eagles right now. But like, uh, like hooker, apparently the wing is becoming very crowded on the Eagles. Uh, so some other guys that uh, joined up, we've got Juan Echevarria of Uruguay. He's a prop. Uh, he's, he's, he's pretty dirty. <laughs> he's pretty good. Uh, is going to Austin to shore up some of that front row. I think now we're going to have, uh, we're going to have a pretty strong front row that's now reinforced uh, at, in Austin. You had Simon Corcol uh, added a couple of weeks ago. And then uh, two other guys, and this is about Nola Gold. I talked to the general manager, Ryan Fitzgerald, about what they were trying to do, and he he went over some of the players that they were going to announce, and they announced Tristan Bluett uh, from South Africa who played with the Celsius Sharks in Super Rugby and the Curry Cup. He came through the Eastern Province Academy. They talked about how when it came to their foreign additions, they focused on youth. They want like they want to be young. They know that this sport is a young man's game, so they're just going to bring in the best young players because they want these guys to stick around for a very long time. Um, and then uh, found out last week, Santiago Arata, scrum half from Uruguay, will be joining the Houston SaberCats, and he is going to make an immediate impact. He will be one of the best scrum halves in the league. Uh, if you want to catch him play, I don't, I think he is playing in the APC. Let me look that up actually right now. Otherwise you will have to wait and watch him during the test window. He is a dirty player. You will, he will, he's going to tear it up for Uruguay in the America's rugby championship. We'll see him there. Uh, I believe that we are going to get the host 
Uruguay in Texas in February. So that could be very fun. Santiago Rarata, he's on the APC squad. So that tells you what they want to do. Uh, you know, it's it's where, uh, where where in Texas is the uh, match being held? Um, I think it's in Houston. So you know, uh, I think it's at the end of February, like the last day in February. So uh, be there or be square. That's all I got to say. Um, also, go to Lost Afternoon on Friday. Have a couple of adult beverages and listen to great rugby legends and hang out with old friends and make new business acquaintances. That sounds like a plug right there. Lost Afternoon. <laughs> I've been to Lost Afternoon twice. It's been great. So uh, they always have something around a test match. When they don't have a test match, it's usually in December. So I think... This means we're going to have – and then when the rugby weekend happens, they take Lost Afternoon on the road to Chicago. So there's going to be two Lost Afternoons again this year. This one – the first one will be in Chicago for the, the rugby weekend. The next one should be in February for the Uruguay match, which will be awesome. Uh, I think that wraps it up for transactions. Uh, let's, let's move on to our favorite uh, – Favorite segment. What would that be? Oh, questions. Questions from, from Bob. Bob. Of course. Gosh, sorry, I get to get that so confused. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Uh, as always, questions from Bob is the regular segment we do. Uh, we get questions from uh, our Reddit community, and that's at reddit.com/r/mlrugby. So be sure to go check that out if you're not a member already. Just uh, it's free to join. You just kind of jump right in and just shit post away. So Liam knows something about that. Yeah, first a question up tonight. <laughs> my, okay, so got a minor in meme design. Yep, uh, Liam is the meme master of our little subreddit community. So if you want to, I mean, you, when you have quality, an English degree. <laughs> <laughs> you got to use it for and something. What else is it really good? For? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So first up is Holy Oak, and he wants to know, or she, this person would like to know, which ML t- MLR team won the off season for social media? Um, uh, was the New England Free Jacks? Uh, just because. Like, no, no other team really went on, like, a social media crusade or, like, you know, like, social media charge in any way that I could really tell. And it's who, – who hasn't posted what the hell is a free jack? What the hell does that mean? And any any publicity is – I mean, it's not like they're exactly personally attacking the York. Plus, I'm pretty sure that, that logo is the most fire in the league. So, uh, yeah, no, I would say the Free Jacks won this in a pretty short order, despite the fact that they haven't even put out a roster or anything like that. Go Free Jacks. Uh, Free Jacks definitely, I guess if there was a contest, they did win. Uh, I love the logo. I love the Paul Revere, you know, riding with the the lamp and stuff. That's cool. Uh, But I I guess I'll, I'll be more critical here. I expected a lot more. 
I, I wanted to see tons of off-season content, and I know last year getting this thing off the ground was crazy, and you just got to had to do stuff. But um, I think you know, as as this season progresses, well, the off-season social media aspect will change, and you know, you'll be asking them to stop stuff putting stuff down your throat. So, yeah, fantastic. All right, next up is Gray Day eighty eight, who wants to know when will we hear if the arrows will play in twenty nineteen or not? It's done, man. I, as far as the official announcement, uh, we got to get some some like border crossing stuff figured out. It, according to our friend Brian Ray, the Canadian reporter uh, out in Halifax. But, uh, you know, he, there's there's some a few more legal things. Some T's got to get crossed. Some I's got to get dotted. Some periods got to go down. But uh, it's yeah. the only thing I got. Essentially, I think it's done. Essentially, I think we're just waiting for, for the uh, – once the schedule is released and it's kind of confirmed that the arrows will be a part of the regular MLR season, there's not going to be any much more in doubt. I I don't know if a press release is going to be coming uh, before that time, but it, it's pretty much accepted the arrows will be taking part in 2019 along with Rooney. Okay. Dilly dilly. Well, thank you, Gray Day. Appreciate the question. Uh, this one came in from the comments, and we promised uh, Dylan we'd get back to it. So uh, over on the YouTube comments, Dylan wants to know, what do you guys think Atlanta's nickname will be? Crickets. <laughs> Uh, I mean, what maybe guys history? Uh, I'm pretty sure any period during the 1800s is will be excluded from that uh, itinerary. But uh, you know, there's pl- plenty to go. Uh, Atlanta, holy shit, we fucked our economy in the Olympics. Rugby club. Uh, so, I don't know. What if it? Uh, it's like. Atlanta Peaches RFC or something, or or they could be they could be the first they could be the first not only sponsored, uh, not only sponsored team, but they could just be because Coke is there, right? They could just yeah. Be I was Coke, gonna say the Atlanta Coca Colas, Coca Cola RFC. Just just sign that, just sign that. We sign that away. We we could play off of the peaches thing and just sit, call them the Atlanta Pits. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it gets filmed in Atlanta. They could just be the uh, the Atlanta Walkers. I I mean uh-huh. I don't know. I I spent a year in Georgia and I I couldn't I couldn't come up with something like colloquial that is local that makes sense. So yeah. the Atlanta if they didn't, it, I mean if the walk. People would be like re- really interested in the team for like two years, and then they would just kind of forget that they exist and lose interest. Very true. All right. Well, there's a few for you, Dylan. I hope those help. So, uh, finally, uh, Bob B. Boberson would like to know what are your way too early predictions for the outcome of this next Major League Rugby season? I don't know. Liam, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, this this was a little hard to come up with, uh, just because you know 
one, like, God, it's so hard to tell the future. And two, I don't want to burn any bridges. But uh, so I'm going to go with I don't think Glendale will be finishing within the top two or even top three or four. I think Glendale's going to hit a little bit of a slide this year. And I think teams like San Diego, Rugby United, New York, Sabercats might be on their way up to try to uh, claim some fame. Uh, I'm going to say Ontario's in the finals. Ooh. They are way too early that's a hot take that's that's a hot take for way too early predictions there you go uh you know i think the best thing we could do for seattle at this point is say that they have no chance at winning a championship since uh we did that last year and they did so uh, (laughs) honestly though i'm i'm thinking rooney is going to be a team to beat this year i also feel really good about san diego those are the two i'm looking at to be contenders so I don't know. Uh, so I guess, unless you guys had any more questions, uh, that is it for questions from Bob. Cool. Mm-hmm. Aaron, do you have anything else you wanted to say about uh, this contest thing before we start wrapping this thing up? All right. So I'll give you part of the answer. Kansas City okay. Blues and Minneapolis or two of the four that you have to get. So... Send it in at Earful of Dirt. Post it on our Facebook. Post it on our Twitter. All four. And we'll draw it. Let's see. The podcast goes live on Wednesday, so we'll draw on Friday. And be sure to watch Twitter for that one. I think that's probably where we'll be communicating most of that out. All right. Liam, you got any final thoughts for us, my friend? Uh, Just uh, tell everybody watching, yeah, to keep tuning into Earful of Dirt and keep on uh, watching social media. Make sure to uh, support everybody who el- everybody else. You know, and also keep an eye on social media in terms of signings. There's going to be some cool stuff coming in. All right. Thank you so much, Liam. Thank you, Aaron. This has been Earful of Dirt. I'm Corey. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, we do this every single Monday evening live here on YouTube. Uh, we've, we'll be up Wednesday mornings on the iTunes and every place else for download. If you like, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or YouTube or uh, check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, any of those places. We're everywhere. So be sure to share, like, tag, poke. I don't know what the hell ever we do on these things. I want to thank you so much for listening, and we will uh, be back with you next week. Until then, go out and watch some rugby, guys. Thank you for listening to Earful of Dirt, the Major League Rugby Podcast. We're live each Monday night on YouTube, available for download every Wednesday morning through your favorite podcast provider, and always online at earfulofdirt.com. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube and like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can share your thoughts with us via our voicemail by calling 720-600-2679. We're live again next Monday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. We'll see you then.